What is up, Since the Sandbox fans? We have a familiar face back. YS, Kevin Sinatra is here, and we are here yep. to talk the NBA. Top five duos healthy from the 2019 season. Me and Kev are really just going to go back and forth going over these top fives. And then we're going to give an honorable mention as well. But what's going on, Kev? What's going on? It's good to be back. I'm excited. I've missed you guys. And oh, I can't, I can't even explain the feelings going through me right now. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, Kev, kick us off with your five. At number five, I got the duo that resides. And some would say, Houston, we have a problem. But I would say, Houston, this is the opposite. This is a step going in the right direction. And that's Harden and Westbrook. I definitely have Harden and Westbrook on my top five, too. My five, actually, I'm going to put Kyrie and KD. Uh, I know that this is a list that we're talking about when these players are healthy and KD is yep. the best players in the NBA when he is healthy. Um, but the rest of the duos I have on my list are guys that we've kind of seen play together. And I'm not saying that Kyrie and KD aren't going to be good playing together, but sometimes things just like don't work out the way that they're supposed to. So I definitely have to have them on my top five just for the potential, what they possibly could be in New York. Uh, Brooklyn specifically, but definitely just can't put them higher than that right now. But Kev, let's be four. Yeah, so at four, I actually have KD and Kyrie. And like you said, really the only reason I even have them that low is obviously because, like we said, we've seen, or at least on my list, the other duos that I have ahead of them, we've seen play already. And I'm not saying that they're not going to be able to play together, but the three ahead of them have just had so much, you know, time under their belt. And, you know, we've just seen them play with each other. And the only reason I put them above, above Harden and Westbrook is because I think when they're healthy, even though Harden and Westbrook skill-wise are probably right there with any of these duos, KD and Kyrie both have the experience, both in the playoffs and the finals. So I think that alone just separates them from Westbrook and Harden. No, that that is a good point. And at four, I, I have Westbrook and Harden. When the NBA season kind of halted because of the coronavirus, feel like we were really starting to see like peak Westbrook and Harden together uh, after they dealt Clint Capella. And that trade really seemed to be like working out for them. They were going up in the rankings in the West and Harden and Westbrook were both playing more effectively uh, down the stretch, which was definitely good. And they were doing that with the short lineup. I'm sure that there's definitely debate, like I said, for Kyrie and KD to go there. But I just I just like what those guys are doing. I mean, they, they were pulling up more than 60 points combined a, a night. Like I said, all the uh, the top five duels are all right there. It, it pretty much comes down to, you know, different key factors. But leading into my number three, I have, you know, a lot of people might have them a little higher, but it's just the two duels I have ahead of them. I really just couldn't put them above either of them. So at three, I have Stephen and Clay. And I know, you know, they've won multiple championships together and stuff. But at the end of the day, Golden State is one of those teams that even though they are, you know, the clear duo in Golden State that all their championships were won by team effort. Obviously, you know, Andre Iguodala won a finals MVP. Guys like Andrew Bogan and Draymond Green, stuff like that. So, and also I think it's, you know, it's tough to have two guards, you know, as a duo. And, and that's one of the problems I see with Harden and Westbrook too. It's when you have a, a duo like that, no matter how good they are, if you don't have a big guy, you can only go as far as, you know, they can take you. And I know Steph and Clay have proved that wrong so far, but I think when I'd say the other two above them, I think you've got a better understanding of why I had them at three. No, fair enough. I, I think we have the same guys in the, in the top three. I can't imagine it'd be uh, drastically different. 
But I actually mm. have Kawhi and Paul George at three. The reason why is because the guys I have at one and two, they just have so much history together, so much success together, whether that's individually or together as a duo. And I just really want to see more from, from Kawhi and Paul George. And I know because of the way things are in the NBA right now that we couldn't play out the season. But I think that'd be like a really cool duo like for LA to have with the Clippers and then LeBron and AD continue to be that other like LA crew. I don't think there'll be a rivalry, but just kind of feeling that competition like in the city and one of the biggest mm-hmm. markets in the world, you know, I, yeah, I think definitely that'll really get to a point where, where basketball might be at, at its best when that's happening, you know? So like no disrespect towards Ka- Kawhi, PG, but I have to have him at three. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and that's actually who I have at number two. And uh, and as I was saying, I mean, really the only thing that it comes down to of separating them with Steph and Clay is the fact that both of these guys can top five defenders and probably top 10, 15 offensive players in the league. Whereas, you know, not that Steph and Clay are schmucks, but obviously when it comes to defense, Clay kind of takes the upper hand over Steph. Steph's not a horrible defender but he's not the best whereas PG and Kawhi can both really lock down anyone at the floor anyone on the floor so when you have them on the floor at the same time it's just it's really something special and like I said offensively they're they're right there too you know PG and Kawhi these are both guys that when they were on their own teams were putting up you know 30 night in and night out and sometimes even more so I think it's just when you have two guys that you know kind of have good size to them can cover any position you know pretty much maybe besides the five and, and can lock down people and score at the same time. It's just, it's, it's hard to find a duo much better than that. Getting into Stephen Clay, like I, I know what you're saying as far as defense with Kawhi and Paul George, I just think what, what they kind of like accomplished and what they brought to like a, a small market NBA team, you know, it was really like a dynasty to be honest. Like I, I think this Golden State team is going to be remembered just kind of like the 85 Bulls. Well, I know that's, that's a bold statement. But even those great Celtics teams, like this this was the dynasty of the 2010s, you know what I mean? And, and they did it effectively, whether that was right. Or, or, and, it, and they're not even done yet. I mean, realistically, everyone thinks that Golden State is on the decline, but like we like we've been reading, I mean, they have Clay and Steph coming back healthy. They're gonna have Draymond, and they just got Andrew Wiggins, and have you know a lottery pick in the draft. Like they're gonna be one of those teams. Like they're gonna be right back up in the top, you know, one, two, three seeds in the West next year. I think. Yeah, they definitely could. And, and a lot of people saying that they don't have a bench. All those rookies that are starting for them this year, those are going to be their bench guys, and they're going to be experienced. And the way that they play their minutes and change their game when they have those stars on the court with them you know, generate points and make them better. It's just going to be just kind of like contagious. You know what I'm saying? That group, if they can get to a couple more like deep playoff runs or, or NBA finals, I mean, that that's going to be tolls for, for Steph and Clay on, as an all-time duo. Yeah, so at, uh, at number one, I got uh, the other LA duo, LeBron and AD. And I feel like they're probably probably number one on most people's list, I would assume. Maybe 95% of people would have them as, as number one, I would think. And it's just at the end of the day, I mean, they're the complete duo. They're, you know, they can both spread the floor. They're both playmakers. They're both pretty much, you know, the best at their position. And they just seem to play well together, which, you know, surprised me. I didn't, not that I thought 
that it was going to be a train wreck, but I mean, it feels like AD just went in there and they just clicked right away, and it's it's pretty much been smooth sailing ever since. And it's it's kind of a shame that the season had to get cut short because it would have been fun to you know watch these duos you know compete against each other in you know such an intense environment, especially like you said, if if God forbid the Clippers and the Lakers did get matched up together, having a playoff series of that altitude in LA would have been something, you know, the sports never seen. And it probably, it would have been something fun to watch. Definitely. Can't disagree with, with the LeBron and AD. And I, I think you're right. Kev, a lot of this uh, list when, when we were putting it together, talking about it and stuff like that, I just look at the two plays individually. And then I look at like how they play together. So, so the reason why, like I have a guy like Kyrie down at five is out, out of all the guys that we're naming, he's, I don't want to say he's like the worst out of all of them, but what he does, like the level of play, like consistently, I think the guys on, on the list individually are just like better. So like Kyrie and Paul George would probably be on the lower part of that list and, and Westbrook as well, you know? So I, I feel like that comes in a lot when, when it comes to the rankings. But as far as LeBron and AD go, they, they could arguably be the, the two best individual players like at their position on this list. And it, it just – does like so much more that they play so well together offensively and defensively you just kind of saw like a different energy I know LeBron was hurt and missed some time and that was really the first time that we saw that happen in his career last year but just the swagger of having AD and him just feeling like he can do what he wants because he knows he has another elite star on the offensive side of the ball and defensive side of the ball I think it's just making them both play their best yeah, I know uh, we, we went through our top five already, but we also put a runner-up on this list or, or an honorable mention, as you would say. So what would you put as your sixth duo healthy? All right, so before I, before I name my actual you know, honorable mention, I just want to name a couple of the, of the duos we had named, and that was uh, Doncic and Porzingis, Embiid and Simmons, Tatum and Brown, and then Mitchell and Gobert. And obviously there's others around the league, but these are the ones I feel like just missed the cut. Uh, why I say that is because obviously these were the duos that it came down to for my honorable mention. And after giving it some thought, I think I'm going to go with – Doncic and Porzingis. The reason being, uh, a lot like I said with AD and LeBron is they're both playmakers, they're both shot creators, and they can both spread the floor. And I think in a duo, that's one of the most important things because, like I said, you know, with Stephen Clay, you know, they're they're guards, but a lot of the time duos work better when you got you know size to them. It's just natural, you know what I mean. And and I think it's good when you have someone that can play the inside and the outside because like like we saw like Shaq and Kobe, you know what I mean. Like Kobe was the outside threat, whereas Shaq was dominant inside. And I feel you know a lot not that Porzingis is on the level of AD, but a lot like AD, he can play both in the post and with the three point line, mid range, whatever, at a very high level. And, and and same with Luka, he's a playmaker. He can shoot. You know, he's a shot creator. He's crafty. So I think I think I'm gonna go with them as my honorable mention. Just just pretty much off skill set and size. That's fair, and and they would definitely work close because. Like I said, if we're talking about like looking at these players individually, Luke, Luke is right up at the top too, especially with the play he had in the beginning of this year. I'm going to go in a different direction though. I have to say Embiid and Simmons, it was so tough because we know the injuries that they can both kind of like tally up and miss a bunch of games, but their potential individually and together, like when the Sixers are playing their best, I mean, they're one of the scariest home teams in, in the league, you know? There's definitely a couple of guys around the league where, where if they had a, a better pair like Giannis or even like Devin Booker, Trey Young, those guys would, would definitely be up here and create competition 
for the runner-up of the top five healthy duos. But just because, you know, we, we aren't really seeing those pairs across the league yet, I just have to go in this direction because both of these guys are dominant at their position. They were right there for me, too. They were probably, if there was a second honorable mention, they probably would have been it. But, you know, like like I said with Doncic and Porzingis, I think it's hard for, harder for Embiid and Simmons to win because of that lack of being able to stretch the floor. You know what I mean? I feel like they both kind of need the paint to do their thing. And obviously when they're both on the court at once, it's hard because, you know, they're both 6'10 plus and they both really, I mean, Embiid's an okay shooter, but none of them are really great shooters. So they they spend most of their time in the paint, which I feel like is a lot of their downfall. So until I feel like they can learn to stretch the floor or doesn't even necessarily have to be them, just get a team that can stretch the floor. That way it's not as obvious of a critique. You know what I mean? Guys, that wraps it up for this episode. Make sure to check out synthesandbox.net. Kevin has a new article coming out tomorrow. Top five NBA teams to never win an NBA Finals. Uh, really, really awesome article. Make sure you check it out. And check out our newest football episode, NFL Would You Rather. Me and Lou played a game using NFL plays, putting them in different situations, and having to decide who you rather. But since the sandbox is out, peace, guys. Peace.